0: welcome to Farmers Guardian's brand new podcast Over the Farm Gate in association with the CLA where your host for this week is me FG News Editor Olivia Midgley
1: and me Farmers Guardian Editor Ben Briggs. In this podcast we'll be digging deep into the stories that matter to you most. At the moment the coronavirus pandemic is at the centre of just about everything we're writing about here at Farmers Guardian. It's an unprecedented time for the whole nation and with supply chains hugely impacted by the loss of out-of-home eating, the dairy sector has been the first to be badly affected as a number of dairies slashed the milk price and deferred payments. There's also been highly emotive images of foreign beef and lamb adorning supermarket shelves at a time when the nation is meant to be refocusing on homegrown produce and where its food comes from.
0: What the crisis has also done is really shine a light on the labour issues we have in the UK with the horticultural sector in particular facing a massive shortfall and dairy and processing also finding it very difficult to attract workers. Last week, the government announced those who are furloughed by their employers, so those who have been laid off temporarily and put on 80% pay, can come and work on UK farms. I caught up with CLA President Mark Bridgman to ask what the announcement means in practice.
2: Well, what it does is it clarifies one of the problems by being furloughed, an employer, you know, employee gets um, 80% through the government um, and is f- effectively laid off and has stuck at home. What this announcement means is that if you are furloughed, you're stuck at home, you can actually go out and get a, a job um, elsewhere as long as your employment contract allows that. So it means that we can attract some of these people that are furloughed, of which there are millions, to come and work as seasonal workers um, for fruit and veg um, sectors in particular, but also in food services um, and food processing generally.
0: And this is great news, isn't it? Because we know so many people have been furloughed because of the COVID-19 crisis and are effectively sitting at home with nothing to do. This is a great opportunity to get out of the countryside, earn some extra money and help the national effort.
2: Exactly right, I mean we've got this extraordinary mismatch of uh, mismatch of supply and demand. We've got massive supply of labour you've got millions of people have been furloughed, um, possibly as many as a million people have been laid off, have been made redundant, and then you've also got a huge student population that can't do all the things that students would normally do through the summer work experience, earning money, travelling. Um, and then on the other side, we've got this real shortage of seasonal labor. We reckon the CLA, we reckon about it could be as much as 80,000 people because 90 percent of them come from um, Eastern Europe, particularly Hungary and Bulgaria. Plus, of course, you've got a large number of people who are off either sick, self-isolating or you know, being told um, you know, that they can't work for whatever reason. So there is this mismatch and this will help um, unlock some of that labor potential.
0: I was talking to a grower up in Scotland and he said he he didn't think a single piece of fruit was picked by a non-overseas worker last year. Do you think that's something that's replicated across the UK?
2: Well, it's almost that extreme. In fact, if you look at the national statistics, it's 90% is migrant labour, mostly from Eastern Europe, in particular, nowadays, Hungary, not Hungary, sorry, Romania and Bulgaria. Um, So, you know, it's a it's a big issue and and it's been like that for a number of years. It's also it's also a similar issue in other parts of the, the food sector. You know, if you think about food processing, abattoirs, a number of areas where that migrant labor is very important, either seasonally or on a permanent basis.
0: We were already facing a massive shortfall in workers, weren't we? And that was before the COVID-19 crisis. And if anything, it it just shows our reliance, doesn't it, on workers from overseas. But that seems to have proved to be a very risky strategy. How can we change the system in the future to ensure our labour supply is more secure?
2: Well, it's it's one of the biggest challenges we've got in a sort of post-Brexit world, because you're quite right. I mean, the statistics are very clear. Really, the, the key to this long term is technology. Um, but those, you know, that's those aren't solutions that we're gonna ha- um have, you know, in the next couple of years. But over time, technology um will help, whether it's picking um and harvesting fruit and vegetables, um, and in a number of areas, obviously in food processing. Um, but that takes investment and time. And then the other thing I think really is trying to attract people into the sector, making sure that they're that you um that the working conditions are attractive, that there's career progression. And what you do see when you talk to these big growers, you know, there are there are great career opportunities where they can um, move up the ladder within these organisations.
0: Do you think that the industry could do anything differently to make sure we're we're attracting the right people to come and work here and that we look at an attractive place to come and work?
2: As As a sector, technology is going to really drive it forward. So those that are interested in technology, it is interesting and exciting. Um, but from a sort of hardware point of view, but also plant breeding. There's all sorts of interesting things taking place. What Michael Gove termed the fourth agricultural revolution. There's a lot of excitement in this in this area. and It's about telling that story. But if you think of migrant labor, I mean, this is an issue the world over. Um Americans don't pick 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 fruit in America. It's the Mexicans. Um, The Spanish don't pick fruit in um, southern Spain. It's North Africans and similar stories all around the world in first world countries. So it's not something that's unique in the UK. The the one thing that I wanted to one of the things was worth really highlighting is this this shortage of labor that we're seeing this year, this potential 80,000 shortfall and how there is that great opportunity to to marry up the the excess supply, people who are effectively forced to stay at home um, with, with this demand for labor. And a number of the big private sector recruitment agencies have clubbed together. They've got a Feed the Nation campaign, company like Hops, Concordia, Fruitful, and we are promoting them on our CLA website. And it's also something that we hope the government will get behind and promote more. Secretary of State has said that we need to mobilise the British workforce to help fill this gap and get food on the shelves this summer. And it's an issue that we're seeing across Europe. Interestingly, in France, the Agricultural Minister talked about recruiting a shadow army. They reckon in France they need 200,000 people and in Germany, 300,000 people. So this is is a very labour-intensive
1: industry still. As mentioned at the start of the pod, the dairy market has been sent into a tailspin in recent weeks, with processors cutting or delaying milk prices, and some farmers being forced to dump milk in what is a notoriously volatile market. So, to find out more about what's happening on the ground, Jez Fredenberg has been speaking to a dairy farmer and a market analyst.
3: Hi, Sia. Um, thanks, for, thanks for talking to us today. How are you doing?
4: Um. Uh, well... It's day by day here really on the farm, um, just sort of uncertainty whether or not the tanker is coming to see if the milk is going to be collected or not, it's a real stressful time then.
3: Yeah, I bet. And so can you talk talk me through what happened, I know that you supply Freshwave and you said that you um, you had to pour away quite a bit of milk starting on Sunday, What what happened, when did they contact you and what did they say?
4: We're a fourth generation dairy farm uh, in Cardigan in south-west Wales. Uh, We're milking 500 Holstein cows and on Sunday morning we had to pour away 11,500 litres of milk worth around £3,000. Sunday was any other ordinary day and then uh, at half past 12 the tanker normally arrives with us for collection but he didn't turn up. At uh, quarter to one we had a phone call from our haulier saying that they weren't going to be collecting the milk on that day. So, um, and that they were they were going to be with us on the next day, just uh, they were only going to collect the usual amount of milk. So there was no point in us keeping any of the milk. Uh, you know, there was no point in us filling the tanks up then. So we had, we had no choice but to pull the plug. Because we were starting looking at two o'clock, we didn't have time to move it into IBCs or do anything else with it. It, it just had to go.
3: Was, was that, I mean, how did that feel, sort of, you know, pouring all your milk away like
4: that? Oh, absolutely guessing, guessing. I mean, we are, uh, it's a very expensive time for year for us. You know, our, our rents are going out, fertilizer bills, crops are being sown. There's a lot of costs at this time of year. And, well, you know, we never turn a profit at this time of year. And mm-hmm. to have, well, just to lose £3,000 just like that is wrenching uh, is to be honest.
3: And have they have they given you any indication of what's going to be happening from uh, well, the Well,
4: to, to be fair on them, you know, I'm not blaming freshways for this scenario because they've lost their customers. Well, the majority of their customers. It's just a case of, um, in their eyes, well, they're going day by day as well because their staff, their workforce in the factories, there a lot of those are out off work, self-isolating, so they don't have the manpower to process the milk that they have. So there were articles going up to the um, factory up in London and the milk just wasn't being processed. The, the tankers couldn't unload and come back. So they had no other option, really.
3: So you and I are talking on Thursday and you said that you had to pour milk away on Sunday. So what has, what has happened between Sunday and Thursday then?
4: Um, they poured away... So we pour, half the farms poured the milk away on Sunday and the other half of the farmers that supply freshers poured their milk away on Monday. So, so far they've lost, to my knowledge, only one full day's worth of milk. Um, We're not sure sure when it'll happen next. Uh, We've had an email saying that it's likely it'll happen again because of the uncertainty. Um, We're just not sure. You know, is it a once a week thing? Is it going to happen again today or tomorrow? we've got a bank holiday weekend ahead of us is is it going to happen every day over the bank holiday weekend
3: so that i mean that uncertainty must be really difficult yeah, in terms of cash yeah. flow and things like oh, that oh yeah you
1: know yeah.
3: what's what do you think is the going to be the impact on your business
1: oh
4: massive well before this before we had to pour the milk away we knew we were losing two pence a litre and uh, payment was being deferred until the 15th of may from the middle of march so you know, we've got bills to pay, staff to pay and just no money coming in. So having to go back to the bank to borrow more money to try and get through this. And then after coming out the other side, we'll have to see where our business stands. It's a very dairy, there's not much money in dairy anyway. You know what I mean? We turn over a lot of money, but the amount of costs involved in the job, um, there's are all left over basically.
3: And, what, and yeah, That sounds really stressful. What, what has it been like with you know, with
4: everyone on the farm, with your family? Oh, it's obviously, it's obviously stressful. My father, it's, it's uh, mostly um, it's bothering him because it's, it's been his life's work. Well, you know, three, there's, there's been three generations before me that have poured their lives onto the farm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to see. It's tough to see. I hope we'll get through it, but there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees.
3: And of course, we've got a few. Um, you know, if you're in the farming industry, um, pulling together a proposal to government at the moment and lobbying the government for support for dairy farmers in the yeah. same way that other businesses have been supported. Yes. If if the Chancellor was stood right now with you in your in your dairy or next to your cows, what would you be saying to him?
4: Uh, I'd be pleading with him for support, really. Um, but not just now. Do you know what I mean? Before all this started, farmers we haven't been we haven't been making enough money for years. It was back before the milk marketing board was divided. That's when farming actually worked. Farmers are quite happily to just survive. And if you look at any other business, no one else is willing to work on so little. It's a it's a joke, really. If 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 every dairy farm in the country went on the dragon's den. It'd be interesting to see how many will actually get investment, because I don't think anyone would, with the amount of capital involved, the return on investment. uh, I can't see I can't see any businessman being interested. It needs to change. It needs to change.
3: So that was Seir Griffith from Cardigan. There. Now to delve into this a bit more, I'm joined by Chris Walkland, a well-known advisor and analyst to the dairy sector. Chris. In a nutshell, why are farmers pouring milk down the drain?
5: The consumers are not behaving like they normally behave, understandably. Um, from what I gather, uh, uh, a lot of shoppers do their, um, their shopping towards the end of the week or at the weekend. Because they're not at work, they're now doing, doing that during the week. So the, the once predictable buying patterns have gone out of the window, and there are some anomalies that can happen as a result of that. For example, uh, in the early days, there was a huge spike in demand from the retailers, and the processors um, supplied that. There were a few stores that went short, but generally speaking, uh, most stores had milk most of the time. But after that, uh, demand fell off a cliff, but still the milk was going into the processor, So the milk was going into the processor, but it wasn't going out to the retailer because the retailers had seen that collapse in demand. So stocks were building up in the processors. They weren't moving from the processor to the retailer. And that, at one stage, risked milk supply from the farm because they had nowhere to put the milk. Happily, that issue, uh, I think, uh, went away because there was another increase in demand. But that's one example of how the irrational consumer behavior has a knock-on effect back to the processor and then back to the farmer.
3: And I know the EU has been talking about emergency storage aid. Is that something that um, that we have the capacity to do in the UK at all? Uh,
5: I think the uh, intervention tools um, during no deal were on the table Uh, so i think in principle and in theory we do have those um, facilities however they didn't have a price attached to them so while the government could say yeah we're happy to intervene butter or skim milk powder from what i recall there wasn't a price attached now the european intervention scheme do have prices attached there's um 2217 euros for butter and 1698 euros for skim milk powder however the reality is that those prices are a disaster zone for farmers uh, markets have evaporated and prices have crashed uh, for example uh, the uh, Dutch dairy board issued its price yesterday And its butter price was 500 euros less than it was the week before. I've never known such a big drop. Um, And so the butter price has come down from over 3,300 euros a tonne down to uh, 2,600, 2,700 euros a tonne. And there is some uh, Polish butter floating around for even less than that. Skin milk powder prices have come down from, say, 2,600 euros a ton down to 18, 1,900 euros a ton. Uh, cream prices have also crashed. I usually say that in order for a dairy farm to get a decent uh, milk price, the cream price needs to be about £1.60 a kilo to pound seventy a kilo. It's now down to 85p, some say it's 75p. And spot milk prices have tracked the farm gate price over the last few months. They've been pretty similar at 27, 28 pence. They're now down to between nothing and 15 pence. So all of that gives you an idea of how the market has reacted to the COVID-19 crisis.
3: So what will processes and manufacturers be doing right now to mitigate damage, essentially?
5: They'll be trying to dry as much of the product as they can, um, because dry product can be stored. And as, we, as we've seen with Muller, they're trying to reduce the volumes that will come into them. So I think those are the two main um, mitigation strategies that I've seen at the moment with the processes. Try and reduce what comes in to begin with and try and deal with what comes in through drying it. Processors are worried that they won't get the milk in the back end in the autumn during the uh, seasonal trough if if the farmers don't survive now. So, so what they have to do is try and balance the surplus that they've got now with a potential shortage later on in the year.
3: Okay. I mean, we've seen um, the, the uh, Sir Griffith that we were just talking to, he supplies Freshways and he was saying that some farmers were being asked to dump milk, say on Sunday, then the other half of farmers supplying Freshways were asked to dump milk on the Monday. So it sounds like at least that processor is trying to even out um, the uh, the impact on their suppliers.
5: Yeah, I'd heard that that as well.
3: You're a business advisor to dairy farmers. You know, obviously this is going to have like a huge impact. What what needs to happen now to ensure that those farmers do survive?
5: I think as many farmers as they can should cut volume. I think that's the immediate thing that a farmer should do. We're already uh, facing... Uh, Into the spring flush. We're probably in week 15 now last year the flush came at week 17 It normally comes in week 19 week 18 to 19 So we are staring down the barrel of even more milk at a time when we have too much milk So I would fully support uh, Muller's Attempts to mitigate those volumes whether 3% is enough. I don't know Um, but I think uh, Muller um, should be supported because this is not an issue about milk price This is not an issue about milk volumes. This is an issue about incomes, farm incomes And I think if volumes are mitigated Then the milk price drops that will come will be less than if those volumes aren't mitigated
3: Other than that is there anything else that farmers should be doing right now to mitigate the impact on their businesses, such as talking to their processes, talking to their banks, etc.
5: I've spoken to some consultants, and they always say, keep your bank on side. That would be the sum total of where I would probably go in answering that question. As far as the processor is concerned, yeah, keep in touch with your processor. Um, and if they ask you to cut production, cut.
3: Are there any key questions you think people should be asking their processor?
5: Uh, Not for the short term. I think in the medium to long term, questions need to be asked about exactly how much milk is coming in the spring in relation to the amount of processing that we have got. Um, Last year, we were pretty much at capacity for uh, for the processing of the spring milk. And this year we have a complete perfect storm on a number of fronts. The weather's brilliant, uh, the cows are in good shape, but we have a market disaster. And you can see what effect it's having with the, uh, with the dumping of the milk up and down the country. But it's, it's collateral damage for what is happening out there. And so long as farmers are compensated for each and every drop, I think we have to uh, bear with that. But I'm kind of looking down the telescope the other end because I think what the industry has done during this unprecedented peacetime crisis is unprecedented. Um, They have ensured that every consumer practically all of the time has had access to uh, milk and dairy products through thick and thin. And I think that should be applauded. I think that is something that this industry should be really proud of. Even those farmers whose milk hasn't always made it to market, they're part of this industry, and we should be really proud that this industry has served every consumer that wants dairy products
3: everywhere in the land. Well, there we go. It's a really positive message to leave on there for dairy farmers. Chris, thanks so much. I expect you're going to be quite busy the next few weeks. Um, So, yeah, thank you for joining us.
0: That was Chris Walkland there talking to Jez Spredenberg. Now, as many of you will have seen during the coronavirus pandemic, the rainbow has become a symbol of support for people wanting to show solidarity with NHS workers and other key staff on the front line. I caught up with farmer and countryside photographer Chrissy Long, who, with her eight year old daughter Sophie, have paid their own special tribute. Chrissy, the pictures of the lamb are absolutely wonderful. How did you and Sophie come up with the idea?
6: Oh, thank you. Um, basically, Sophie has been helping out on the farm lambing. We're lambing a commercial flock at the moment. Um, we run uh, Romney's and a crossbred alongside some pedigree Downs blue texels and a few bell techs she's been helping out on the farm obviously she's off school with homeschooling so what better way of homeschooling than a bit of farming and we've seen the rainbows in people's windows We're obviously fully fully aware of what the rainbows mean at the moment for protecting the nhs and sophie just thought it would be a really great idea to spray a lamb um and in a normal circumstance, people would be walking through some of the fields, but we're seeing less of those, granted. But she just wanted to do something a little bit different rather than just put a picture up um, on the window for everyone to see. She wanted to do a lamb and she wanted me to take a picture of it and put it on social media and tell everyone that
0: she was caring, I suppose. That's fantastic. And I heard that Sophie's a little, uh, got a little bit of stage fright today, but uh, no worries about that. What What's the reaction been on social media, Chrissy? Yeah, I mean, it's just such a
6: lovely thing to do, isn't it? And you know what farmers are like, we try and do something a little bit different. Um, we're always in the thick of these things one way or another. Um, and We've had a lovely reaction and it's nice for Sophie's school to see what she's doing because obviously she's out of touch with her school friends. Um, she's been off school now three weeks and I'm lucky that I've got one girl and I've got a girl that likes to learn because she's making homeschooling pretty easy. But she is missing her friends and she just wanted to put something up on on Mummy's Facebook page and get it out there a little bit and just let people know that
0: That's brilliant Chrissy thanks ever so much for your time that's uh, that's such a nice story and it's such a nice thing to have at the moment isn't it when everyone's in uh, in, in such uh, flux.
1: What a great story, and congratulations to Chrissy and her family. It's also one that shows that while our farmers are feeding the nation, they're also bringing a smile to people's faces, aided, of course, by this uncharacteristically good weather at Laming time. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening to this first Over the Farmgate podcast, brought to you by Farmers Guardian in association with the CLA. You can, of course, keep up to date with the latest news at fginsight.com And the team will be back with the next podcast on Tuesday. Until then, we hope you all stay safe and well. Goodbye for now.